The following program has been brought to you by Ogfam K Arts. Ribaldum. Ribaldum Live Chats, Episode 1 Robots and Bitcoin. Ribaldum Live Chats are based on the Telegram group. We recommend Bitcoin art and literature that doesn't mention Bitcoin. Ribaldum. Here, we discuss movies, books, plays, music, poetry, comics, in other words, literature and art that is Bitcoin, but doesn't mention Bitcoin directly. Today's podcast was a recorded chat with the speaker's hero protagonist, Emrys, Bitcoin granny and fiat antagonist. Topics covered, robots, Bitcoin books and movies, and shitcoins. This chat podcast was recorded on Sunday, March 21st. 2021 at 11 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time, 1500 UTC. This chat features the following in order of appearance, Tomer, Alex, Granny, and Marion. This is episode one, titled Robots and Bitcoin. Hi there. Hi, is this Hero? It is. Hey, how are you doing? I'm all right. What should I call you? Ogfonk seems um, unpronounceable. <laughs> yeah, it is. You can just call me Alex. All right, Alex. Cool. Yep. Uh, apparently, uh, Julian left the group. I'm not really sure if that was uh, on purpose or by accident, but I'm sure anyway. it was an accident. Yeah. And he goes by Keith. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I, I don't. I don't say unless he says, "Oh, say." You know what I mean? Fair enough. And sometimes I, I think in, in another place I said, um, I I used his handle, which yeah. doesn't show up as as uh, Granny, right. and then I said something Keith, and then he says, uh, "Who's that?" So I said, "Oh, okay, I got you." This <laughs> <laughs> so is kind of like um, you say, "Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir," and then somebody says, "Listen, my dad's not on the phone. You can call me Joe." All right. I said, okay. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, Alex is fine. Um, definitely not an OG. The OG stands for one giant. Ah, I uh, see. Yeah, it was uh, originally um, one giant fart on mankind in, <laughs> in 1987. Um, I had a, a, a zine, a punk zine. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you watched the Orange Pill podcast today or not. No, I, I, I'm not a frequent viewer of that show. There's only so many hours in the day. Um, I, I, enjoy, yeah. I enjoy them, but not, but I don't enjoy them often. Yeah, there's, it's crazy. Like uh, between now and when I first got into, uh, I should say I got back into Bitcoin, or officially into Bitcoin was yeah. um, September of, of uh, uh my brain shut down. Okay, September of 2019. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was looking for content, but really uh, a shit coin brought me in. Right. That and happens. That's the one good use case for shit Yeah, it was a stellar lumens drop with Keybase. Right. Yeah, I remember. And I didn't participate, but I remember it. Uh, and I guess back in... 2011 or 2012 i ran bitcoin core 
and I thought, wow. I'm not, I want to, I want to mind, you know, that's what I was thinking. I want to mind. Yeah. And I had sure. zero concept. I didn't know what I was doing. I downloaded the, um, the full blockchain and then I gave up on it. Cause I was just like, I don't even know what I'm doing. So I gave mm. up and 2017. Somebody said, Hey, uh, this Bitcoin thing's pretty amazing. And I said, Oh no, it's a bunch of crap. I'm not interested in it. Right. And, and then after that stellar lumens airdrop, I, I was like, Hmm, there might be something to this. And every time I looked up some shitcoin information, it always referred back to Bitcoin. And then I started paying attention to Andre Andreas Antonopoulos. Yeah. And, um, and there you go. So now I'm a maximalist. I just got rid of my last shit coin today. Oh, I mean, I nice. still have probably, I have probably $10 worth somewhere all over the place, but um, I use the Celsius network to earn interest on Bitcoin. Huh. Mm -hmm. I got so I that for 10 seconds. Oh, there we go. That sounds familiar. Hey, voice. Julian. How are you? I'm all right, man. How is everybody? Oh, man. We're great now that you're here. Yeah, apparently I left the group, but I didn't yeah. even know I was Julian. So there you go. <laughs> who, who the fuck am I? I'm Bitcoin Granny, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it makes sense to me. <laughs> well, I'm a grandfather myself. Yeah, I'm, I, I am a grandfather too. Yeah, that helps. Um, well, that's awesome. Yeah, Celsius, you got both. I, I, I was really turned on to Celsius because of Mashinsky and. Uh, you know, voice over internet protocol, and I was really pulled into that, but I never acted on it. Yeah, I've been a customer of them since uh, two or twenty nineteen, um, and of course I put shit coins on, shit coins off, but I always had some Bitcoin, and um, the interest rate that they do for your first two for your first two bitcoins is uh six plus percentage and uh i thought wow i can't beat that because even if it goes down or if it goes up i'm always earning interest and um so i've been a customer with them i've even emailed mashinsky when i had a problem and he responded back um yeah, but he, I, he just bullish about he's it. not a maximalist at all no no, no, he, he's just, uh, he sees a business opportunity. Right. So and you're I'm, not worried you, with these types of networks that one day they're going to say, sorry, no more coins, or they're all gone? Um, I guess I'm, you know, I'm trusting, um, but I also, um, I didn't have a pot to piss in, so I felt like I didn't have anything to worry about. Absolutely, bro. A big big element of that nothing to lose here this is really interesting territory you know yeah i had zero savings before i got into bitcoin zero mm. i mean mm -hmm. it's i didn't even care about savings i didn't even think about savings because that's the fiat way baby you know right um, live now pay later but bitcoin <laughs> was old school in terms of time preference and what have you i knew about low time preference because of uh 
you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm 63 or 64 or something. So I remember old school people that did used to save and were coming out of um, hard money and what have you. So, um, you know, I understood the temperament and the idea. It just wasn't possible, you know. Sure. Time yeah, definitely. I mean, how punk rock is that? You know, tomorrow is going to end. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, who cares whether it does or it doesn't? I mean, I, I wasn't a faithless, or oh, it could all end, you know. I mean, if you're a punk musician, which is an oxymoron in a way, um, you used to play every note like it was your last note. It was like, it was the one thing you were all in on that you could be all in on. You know, you were a dickhead, you knew nothing, everything was fucked, but you could do this one thing great. But you could expand that philosophy you could read a few books and then realize, you know, there was more to life than fuck you, you know? Yeah. Uh, ironically, uh, I failed high school twice. I was in the ninth grade twice. That's the, you know, U.S. schools. And I dropped out of my 10th grade year. And uh, then I decided to go to college. <laughs> and wow. I was basically a functional illiterate. I started a zine and then I got into digital publishing. And basically that taught me how to write. Yeah. I can dig and, that. Um, yeah. You know, I, like I remember in elementary school, I was, uh, I could barely read and they stuck me in this program for dumb kids. And I got into Dungeons and Dragons and I started reading that stuff while I was in there. And this teacher asked me one day, what are you reading? This is grown-up stuff. I said, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> so, so I went from a total idiot to, you know, I could read. But I'm still an idiot. So this is what motivation can do. Is Dungeons and Dragons uh, an introduction to game theory in a way? Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah, that's that's true. Um, You'd be surprised how many S9 people play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> oh. Hi. Hi. Welcome. This Hi, this is, uh, let's see, Marion. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Unless unless some one of the guys has a very nice feminine voice, but anyway. <laughs> nice well, to welcome. meet you, Marion. I didn't. I, yeah, I haven't seen you post in any group up until now. Or maybe I haven't. I didn't notice your name. Welcome. Yeah, I mean, I was there when they kind of started it because I know Aiden. So. Well, or Dr. Bones. I don't know how he's known in that world. Yeah, Dr. Bones would be start nine, yeah? Mm -hmm. wicked, wicked Coder, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I, and all those guys are really cool from what I can tell. The way the way they are in the group and their product is just second to none. You know, I'm a big, very bullish on Start9 and I hope my future uh, merges with theirs somehow. You know, I'd do anything for them to promote them or test anything of theirs and, and, and currently doing that. I'm the same with my partner in the group here, Toma. Um, yeah. Very Hero. bullish on self-sovereignty and... Uh, these start nine guys, uh, I mean, to me, this is, I, I remember when Apple started, and this is more wonderful, you know, because uh, Apple were a good thing once. 
Com comparing start dying to Apple is very funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, in the best possible way. I'm, you know, I'm not comparing it to Tim Apple. I'm, I'm comparing it to the uh, Wozniak and Jobs. Yeah, yeah. Was, was yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what it feels like to me. The too. Garage Band of techno. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and just that whole. Um, I mean, that whole romanticism, it is possible. You know, you've got these guys with Raspberry Pis, really serious hardware now, you know. So when it was the 70s, like uh, 16K of RAM was like a major upgrade. Now, 8 gigs is standard. And this is serious shit. And we can really do something with it. I can see why the internet went wrong the first time around. This time around, there's no excuses. Oh, yeah. Like I had an old Apple device in 1998. And if you opened it up, it was a SCSI drive. Uh, it already had Ethernet. Um, you know, it was ready for networking back then. Yeah. And it, um, but I got into Linux and then I said, fuck Apple. But honestly, if it wasn't for Linux, there wouldn't be OS, you know, OS 10. Absolutely, uh, which is yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, but really, you know, Apple with OS X did what Start9 are doing with, uh, you know, RPCs and just all, all the various bits and bobs you have to put together. So, um, I mean, um, getting, getting a Start9 embassy made me understand, wow, I can do this open source now because I understand how, how, how the components hook together. So it was a kind of um, backward journey for me, inverse journey. And I was hoping that would happen too. I got a CASA and it just blowed. It just sucked. It was like a, an unjailbroken shit iPhone, you know. But <laughs> was just like all roads led to GitHub and like this has to be done by hand. I, I have to know, you know. So, uh, you know, not that I've actually pulled that off yet, but still. Um, it, you know, it's just such a fantastic journey. I, they're, they're bridging an incredible gap because they're solving a big Bitcoin problem and they're solving a big open source problem all in one go. Um, I ordered mine. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised yours didn't come two days later. Well, I and I, it was funny. I, I looked at the website and all of a sudden there was a scratch and dent one and I was just like, I'd be an idiot not to buy that. So that's the one I ordered. So maybe they're basically scratching it now. <laughs> okay, fair enough, man. Yeah. You're doing a good hoofing. So yeah, Tommy, I love my Tommy, start nine, yeah. Thomas, did you put that thing on medium? I just, I, I was driving, so I'm going to put it on medium shortly. This conversation here is inspiring me as well to uh, publish that last article for you guys. I, I guess in this group, I haven't really been publishing my articles. I'm doing it in Breedlove's group and Gigi's group, but um, I've started a series uh, called Why Bitcoin? And I'm just write, I'm trying to write articles that are all like two to three minutes long, suitable for both noobs and um, and experienced Bitcoiners, each one on just one, uh, one tiny different aspect of Bitcoin. So that I'm not trying to boil the ocean in one big, long, you know, 5,000 word treatise. I'm just trying to write these uh, 300 word uh clever articles and it's working uh, too yeah I've, I've published four and uh granny's talking about a fifth one that i just uh 
published a draft of in, in another group that he says I should release to the wild. So I will. Yeah, yeah, I just followed you. Sorry. Marion, what's your, what's your thing? What, what, what's happening with you? I've seen you on the groups and what have you, but... Um... Me, well, I'm not actually a Bitcoiner. I just support Start9. Yeah. Aiden's trying to help me stack sats, <laughs> yeah. but like my whole background is robotics. <laughs> so oh, that's me, cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. So wow. to me, it's all like weird what Aiden we does. We need the that's whole like world different... to be crawling with Bitcoin robots now that you bring this up. So you've got to bridge the gap. But I, you know, we got to put start nines on robots that crawl all over the world and connect to the internet wirelessly. And there's just nodes running everywhere making Bitcoin more unstoppable. Yeah, robots replicating themselves, replicating Bitcoin nodes and backup Bitcoin nodes and backup cellular communication. Yeah, the biggest thing that worries me is ISPs, but what do you do with robots? What What are you doing? Just uh, making robots that can be your pets or something or robots that do operations or what? So for me, uh, my area is uh, domestic robots. So robots okay. that live in like the home as opposed cool. to industrial robots. And it's focused on like human robot interaction. So how do you maximize the capabilities of both the human and the robot agent? Because though they have completely different skill sets. So comparing them or thinking about like replacing each other is weird. It's about like, how do you maximize those unions? Yeah, it's definitely mm. a symbiotic thing, isn't it? It's definitely, yeah, a union, a relationship. There's no point trying to uh, replicate one another. Um, I was talking about robots that can replicate themselves, so you just have more robots. But um, I, I'm been, uh, obsessed with 3D printers that can print themselves out at the moment. But uh, yeah, <laughs> um, you know, domestic robots that just do the hoovering or domestic robots that can like um, counsel you if you're, if you're lonely or on lockdown and being alone for too long or, or, or what, or robots you can interact with and, cre and create things with, um, you know, have it um, spin up some circuits for you, that kind of thing. Hmm? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All of them. I'll take how, how, close to I, how close to iRobot are we? Are you big, as a gas, like, are you building the three laws of robotics into these domestic robots yet? Domestic robots are very, very dumb. <laughs> I know. I have one at home that's supposed to mop the floors and it's useless. After the first day it's, that I owned it, it sat in a cabinet and has never seen the light of day since. Well, the part of the problem is the, the portrayal of what the capabilities of this tool could be <laughs> because it's clouded in a lot of fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so it's clouded kind of in, in a lot of fantasy too, a lot of um, misapprehension of what a robot could do for you or should do to you. Mm -hmm. the, um, the Russian word for work is robota, which is where we get the word robot from. Mm. That's right. Well, I did not know that. So well, that's the extent on. of my knowledge. So, Marion, what's the coolest domestic robot you've seen or been involved in working on? Honestly, a lot of them are pretty much the same so far. 
the Roomba is probably the most uh, successful domestic robot. Yeah. Or those vacuums, but a lot of a lot of the current domestic robots are focused on. I think there's not a standard yet, a standard use case and a standard way of like a standard need that it's addressing. So that's one of the problems that it's facing right now. I need one to fold my laundry. Yep. <laughs> That'd be a really good one. If I could just throw my dried laundry in a basket and a robot would fold it. That, I, I don't know that I'd buy that, but it feels like that's the one missing chore. Well, I consider uh, my I mean, dishwasher man, to be a robot. Is it just about cognizant, um, uh, you know, labor-saving devices, or is is there what what what's the the nearest holy grail? What's the nearest thing they're trying to um, break through on to expand the robot industry or initiative? Surprisingly, well, there's two kind of spheres that is advancing at the same time right now one is robotics going to space mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense and the other is sex robots i, knew I was gonna, gonna guess that, that that was coming yeah yeah so robotics in space could be a thing of um maybe frozen embryos and really long space missions because we can't take space travel and radiation and what have you but we could get there and the robots and the printers could sort out the environment and then start bringing uh, humans to life, that kind of idea, something along those lines. Yeah, or even exploration, like the exploration, extending oh, yeah. exploration capabilities. That wear and tear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. so great. So uh, you could have remote units out there and you could be um, careering the terrain yourself, but as, as this remote droid kind of thing yes so you could you could be climbing uh, up the side of io or something and but you're not really because you're in a safe room but you're you, you could be virtually experiencing it and uh exploring for yourself and doing your geological survey or whatever it might be well if we'd uploaded your consciousness into that robot you could be right there yeah, there could be that. I, I, is that is is there any reality in the idea of uh, you know this kind of interface Elon Musk is talking about, where you can upload states or, or consciousness or what have you? Neuralink. Yeah. yeah. Um, Again, you know, it, it's so up out there. Like, yeah. there's multiple jumps to get. Like, it could. I don't have enough information to say it could or couldn't, but we're definitely lacking some groundbreaking yeah. way to change the so, universe <laughs> so marion you're denying that you are a robot because <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any way of telling you'll never know <laughs> Maybe you're just I'm claiming that the technology is beyond our reach and that's why we have to believe that you're not a robot <laughs> oh, you'll yeah. find out oh yeah, you say, first, Mariam, yeah you'll say mariam go fetch this and she'll be like no she can't help herself Right. If she did, <laughs> right. But but I don't know if you read Asimov, you can see, well, maybe in order to protect humans, she has to lie to them. So this robot lies. Have you if you read the short story in iRobot, I believe the title of it is called Liar. Um, you know, there's a uh, mind reading robot in there and it develops the habit to lie because it knows that telling people the truth would hurt them.
Yeah, I, I can see the empathy in that. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess any robot would have to be able to pass a Turing test, so to speak. Um, I, I get the feeling Mar Marion's real and not a robot. That's fair. That's fair. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt for the rest of this call. I have no doubt. The way that you guys talk about robots is probably the same way that I talk about Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's I love so it. interesting. Talk to us about yeah, you're stacking sats. Are you, if you're stacking sats, you're a Bitcoiner. Period. I'm not yet. I was in this mystery oh. that I had to be like wealthy to be able to stack sats. And you Aiden, will be. If you start Aiden's now, you yeah, will be you soon. Are you wealthy? In experiences. <laughs> yeah, not, not in money. And it's so weird uh, just uh, thinking of the possibility of actually being truly wealthy in what they call money. Um, and, and the closest thing to real money I've ever come across is, is Bitcoin. And it, it's interesting you're saying you're not a Bitcoiner because you're, you're probably not, even if you are stacking sacks. But you'll know when you are and, and you'll be proud to say, I am a Bitcoiner. And this is why. Anything. Yeah, the technology, um, you'll probably understand more than many people because you understand the algorithm. Well, um, algorithm. I, I mean, well, I guess the white paper, how things work. But that takes a bit of work to understand that. And exactly, I, mean, I don't understand the white yeah. paper, but I understand Bitcoin. <laughs> There's so much to understand. There's so many layers. There's a whole spiraling of knowledge that you can yeah, yeah. It, it reflects it back on yourself. I understand it to an extent that like a driven person trying to understand it might be, but not a mathematician. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you need to understand it as a mathematician or, or a coder or anything. Uh, it, it's, uh, there's too many layers. It, it's amazingly human. I, I just think it brings the humanity the possibility the potential of humanity out in people in layers of philosophy game theory all the various uh disciplines that um it affects or makes you um think about you know brings your awareness to all uh it's really interesting you saying yeah listening to us talking about robotics is you know is yeah we probably hear you talking about bitcoin and and feel the same way I wish we could exchange the two disciplines. Yeah. I'm curious to hear what you think of Bitcoin then in terms of, yeah. talk to us about Bitcoin the way we just talked about robotics. Yeah. <laughs> talk dirty to me. <laughs> yeah, talk to us like a robot. <laughs> so I entered the Bitcoin space because Aiden was looking at getting a job at Salt. And so mm -hmm. I really wanted to see, like we just talk, we both talk about stuff, about the judge of life. And so... I looked into it and a lot of the representation around it was like BitConnect. Everyone was oh, making geez. tokens. And I, I was see. like, this is a it's total scam. Point. Why do you want to like join this yeah. space? <laughs> and That's then, not None of that was Bitcoin. That's the crypto economy bullshit. But go ahead. Sorry, I, I'm interrupting you. No, yeah, yeah. And so Aiden told me about, you know, like he expanded my myopic, like understanding of it being like, it's a technology, you know, 
people are figuring out how to use it, its use case. And a lot of it is about ownership and you get to own, you know, your data and you can disseminate yeah. it, and keep it as much as you want. And that should be available. And that doesn't exist in the world. So I mm -hmm. want to be part of the thing that makes that exist. Mm -hmm. But to me, even now, I'm like, I don't understand it. <laughs> All right. Ask me, ask me your top most Bitcoin question and I'll do my best to answer it for you. Hmm. What are my top and, three questions? Sure. And don't don't feel like it has to be a, a fancy question or anything. Just like pure from honesty. Like what what do you really want to know? What don't you understand? Could could no dumb questions. I'm pretty interested to know how it can be weaponized, right? Okay. Um, so so how Bitcoin can be weaponized? Uh, Bitcoin comes from um technologies that were used it comes from cryptography right which is technologies that were largely developed by the military and mathematicians to uh to conceal stuff from the enemy and so it's kind of like a defensive weapon that allows you to it's expensive to attack but inexpensive to keep right so so the, the thing with Bitcoin is if, if you want to look at it from the perspective of a weapon, which is to flip it around, it's a weapon against um, it's a it's a weapon against tools that certain entities have to uh, to undermine property rights and undermine money. It's a, it's mm. a, so and those, those, it's, a, those, it's a countermeasure. Right. Yeah. So, if you're right. if you're a liar, it's hard to understand Bitcoin. It's a, it's a system that enforces strict adherence to honesty and to, and to its rules. Like you can't, if you run a Bitcoin node, nobody can put one over on you. Nobody can hand you counterfeit Bitcoin or a counterfeit blockchain or a counterfeit anything to do with Bitcoin. Um, you, you can validate everything using these mathematics. You don't have to do the math, right? You, your computer does all the math to validate the authenticity and truthfulness of everything that happens in the system so everybody in the world who's running bitcoin has perfect uh unis is runs in perfect unison with everybody else so the truth of the system is equal everywhere else there's no one copy of the blockchain that's the true copy they're all identical replicas of one another built up from the ground up using the same rules and and really if you want to again just to try to be honest to your question it's a weapon against central banks let me ask Marion a question. Yeah. Um, does she believe fiat currency is weaponized against the people? <laughs> yeah. Okay, because um, it's interesting you saying how can it be weaponized? And mo most of the uh, countermeasures are about, uh, uh, sorry, mo most of the scenarios are, are about 51% uh, attacks or other kinds of attacks uh, or there's scenarios about you have control, you have custody, you don't have to ask permission, all this kind of thing. So it, it is a big countermeasure thing. Um, why? That I, I think one of the great things about Bitcoin is it is a weapon of peace. It doesn't need to be weaponized in, in, in a violent fashion. If anything, it, it's anti-violent. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, there's quite a few articles, really good ones. There's one called Bitcoin, a Most Peaceful Revolution by uh, a guy named Nick Carter. Uh, and he really talks about how Bitcoin allows for a, re a revolution against the current the current regime, the current elites who exploit um, who exploit their power and their control over the money supply and issue issue money to themselves basically without doing any work. And the rest of us work and continue to get poorer. Yeah, like Marianne, a vacuum, there, there, there's a myriad of amazing literature, uh, VJ uh, by party, uh, Robert Breedlove, uh, Nick Carter, Dan Held, uh, all on Medium, even Thomas Strolight, you may have heard of him. Um, <laughs> you know, bite-sized stuff, long stuff um, that will give you a really rounded view about Bitcoin and, and its potential, its, its weaponization potential, anti-weaponization potential amongst... Uh, it's, it's so deep. You know, mm -hmm. uh, somebody help me out here. Hey, you know, I, I guess I, you know, it's funny to grasp weaponized. <laughs> I, I made a tweet this morning about about this. Uh, let me find my tweet this morning. Not about its weapon. Well, about its weaponization. Let me go to me profile. I'm Tomer Sterling, by the way, as well. That he was talking about. I said, uh, I said, my full node or nades me as a sentinel of the Bitcoin network, preventing any attackers from ever committing a single violation of Bitcoin's laws. I maintain a pristine, flawless record of the entire history of Bitcoin from Genesis onwards. I'm a true Bitcoin patriot. So I see this as a war. And, Marianne, uh, have you and had my job your is a aha moment with the Bitcoin blockchain. Have you had your aha moment with Bitcoin going, oh, my God. Now I get it. Uh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> OK, because that, that's coming. Beer or my main hobby or whatever i'm just like floating in that space i wouldn't say i'm yeah. ground i'm floating <laughs> yeah well you're in good company i mean if you're in you know start nine company which you are you're well placed you're going to be fine <laughs> you don't need us um you'll, you'll have that moment you'd be surprised they all have very different personalities and like ideals but they unite under this idea of you know sovereignty sure yeah just getting the internet right one brick at a time is what uh, really um really spoke to me i heard matt talking i can't remember to who and uh just the way he put it, one brick at a time and i thought i want one of those bricks and ordered one immediately and now i'm making a couple more and uh yeah you know it doesn't necessarily have to be about Bitcoin. It, this space really goes hand in hand, the self-sovereign space and Bitcoin. Bitcoin will be the protocol, will be the rails, and it will be the, the consciousness to make the, the internet happen this way. Yeah, I was even thinking... Uh, I also thought. don't quite understand how it branches... I guess this is more of the like crypto economy, which is a whole thing in itself. But I don't know how um, Bitcoin asymptotically, I guess, gives <laughs> gives what? I don't know, earn money. <laughs> how how Bitcoins are issued? You mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, that, that's, that's pretty easy, actually. Yeah, go yeah. on. Somebody, somebody take that. 
Bitcoins are so every every ten minutes on average, I, the Bitcoin ledger, which is the Bitcoin blockchain, gets a new block added to it, and every time a new block is added, new Bitcoins are issued. But that amount that are created shrinks in time. Like every four years, the amount gets cut in half, and that's what creates this asset. Because when you keep cutting an amount in half over and over and over and over again, you only approach an asymptotic sum, which is twenty-one million total coins in the case of Bitcoin. Um, so that's a very quick, you know, that's a 15 second explanation. No, and it, it's very potent. Uh, you know, the, the fixed supply is the monetary policy. And everybody who runs Bitcoin enforces that rule. So nobody can violate that rule. Anybody who and can rely on that rule. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so when you get into what is Bitcoin, you have to get into what is money. And I don't know how well versed you are with what fiat money is or the history of money, um, whether it be the last 10,000 years, 5,000 years or 400 years. Um, but it, it's very cyclical and there's a lot of things that humans can't avoid doing. And essentially they can't avoid being dishonest. If they're in a position to create money out of thin air, they will, they can't help themselves. And so uh, Bitcoin, it's impossible to do that. And that changes the whole game and that changes the whole philosophy and hence that changes the future. And uh, th there's so many different layers um, and, and the game theory ensures this. And it's been well thought about. I mean, one of the main incentives of Bitcoin is human greed. That's what makes the number go up technology work. Would anyone agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Bitcoin works because it's designed to work better when everybody in it is working in their own self-interest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Relentless self-interest. Yeah, which is uh, common um, in the human condition. Okay, but it actually gives you room to rethink that and not be so greedy and not be so, um, you know, it's also cutthroat. And uh, well, yeah, I mean, self-interest is not is not greed these are two different things right like here Absolutely. we are explaining here we are explaining something to you that that's not selfless it's in our self-interest to see a world of enlightened educated bitcoiners who believe in individual freedoms and rights and will and will fight to defend those things um so it's not us greedily saying don't you know we want to hoard all the bitcoins for ourselves it's we want to share the knowledge because that's in our self-interest a better world is in my self-interest Enlightened self-interest is not altruism. Totally different. Altruism is the sacrifice of oneself at for the sake of others. That's what altruism. Altru altruism, if you want, guys want to look it up, means otherism. Uh, altruism, you know, I think from the Latin for other, and uh, it's otherism as opposed to selfism. And so, selfishness is not terrible. Greed. There's a kind of selfishness, but the enlightened self-interest is nothing at all like altruism, which asks you to sacrifice yourself for the sake of others. None of us are here to it's unnecessary be a to human sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Altruism That's is pretty... really where the root of much evil exists, right? Because somebody, you know, somebody who isn't an altruist but claims to be one tells you that they are and that you too should sacrifice. Surrender your wealth, surrender your time, surrender your house, surrender everything for the sake of the many for the sake and uh, and lo and behold of course they're, they're, they don't really help the many they help themselves so all altruism 
I believe in practice is always a fraud. And that's why socialism and communism always fail because the people at the top aren't really altruists at all. They never had any intention of being altruists. Uh, they just hide behind altruism as the moral justification, the moral cloak for their evils. There's a story that uh, Siddhartha Gautama, as like the latest Buddha tells about selfishness. And there's a uh, queen and she's one of the king's wives. And she says, what, uh, or I'm sorry, the king says to her, he says, do you love me more than you love yourself? And she says, of course not. And he was pretty upset about that. So he tells the Buddha this and the Buddha says, well, what do you, who do you love? He said, I love myself more. And he, the Buddha says, well, that's the way it should be. If you love yourself, you understand everybody else. But if you love somebody else more, you're going to be disappointed. That's it. <laughs> this, this conversation has gotten pretty dodgy, pretty fast. dodgy territory. Yeah, well, it will get philosophical fast. When you talk about Bitcoin, <laughs> philosophy like just jumps into the frame very, very quickly. Uh, yeah, um, when it comes back to, I, I, I don't understand how you could not understand Bitcoin being um, a robotics engineer or robo scientist. What would you call yourself? <laughs> I would call myself a robotics researcher. Okay. I mean, that's true. <laughs> yeah. We'll go into the uh, Russian word robota, which means work, worker. Uh, robot is a worker. Mm -hmm. And Bitcoin's proof of work is a very important concept to many people in the Bitcoin space. It's an essential element of how Bitcoin works. Bitcoin is Bitcoin requires work, um, like in the physical work realm. It, it requires electrical work and computational work uh, in order to in order to add blocks to the block in order to add transactions to its ledger. Um, it sometimes requires a lot of work. Sometimes it, it just it requires as much work as the world is prepared to put into it. Yeah, that's how I explain machine learning and in embed like uh, embedded in robotics. Like you still have to train your models. Like humans make that. Uh, I think it, it's um, really interesting concept um, to get your head around how proof of work works within bitcoin marion once you get your you there's definitely an aha moment to be had with proof of work and how it tethers something that's uh software to the physical world uh it does that with the energy tether and, and the fact that they needed something to make it impossible to to this is how sca digital scarcity was created otherwise we could just copy and paste it to the end of the earth uh, and, and how much does it cost to create a Bitcoin at the moment? About 39 grand or something? And it depends on what your cost of electricity and what your yeah, cost know, of mining equipment was. But yeah, it's probably a lot. It continues to increase. It costs at least 40, yeah, 30 to $40,000 for anyone to create one. And, yeah. and the incentive is there for people to keep adding work because if, if as long as there's a profit there, because a Bitcoin's worth about 60,000, people will continue to add work and that'll make it more expensive to produce a Bitcoin. So eventually we reach some kind of equilibrium. 
so so nothing says I love you like money, but also you know money is just a fantastic bottom line and and the fact that in the real world you could um you know you can peg it you can say it costs this much money to create this proof of work not to mention the cryptographic element which is impossible to hack and backtrack hence an immutable blockchain hence a ledger of truth um, money being um, one side of every transaction on the planet even even your own thoughts you, a lot of thoughts you have money's on the other side of that those thoughts um th these are the things that make bitcoin beautiful and and real and uh, something to be reckoned with something you can rely on um so looking into what is money what is proof of work the game theory the philosophy the fact that money is one of the most important things it's one of the most important texts we've ever created isn't it so, uh, it, you know, it, it's a lot to take in. It takes a couple of years to get your head around Bitcoin. There you go. Well, ultimately, I feel like it's inevitable. So yeah. I feel like it comes, it'll come in time. Well, <laughs> just got to be ready for it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that this is a force. This is a force of nature. It's coming in and there's no stopping it. And, uh, you know, so so get ready for it and and one of the things you can certainly do to get ready for it is to get a start nine labs device and to stack some sats i actually That's have an embassy way. i just don't know how to use it and um you don't know how to use it do you know what I, Bitcoin? Do you I'm, know what I'm Bitcoin lying. I, I know how to use it. I just don't like play around with it a whole lot. No, I don't play around with mine. I mean, all I do is look at it flashing. I hardly have to do anything. It's yeah, that's like exactly. A, I, that's where I stand. <laughs> yeah, and and it, it's too inconvenient to use. I mean, all the privacy aspects of it at the moment, right? It's great. I've got them, and it's more playtime than use time. But when there's enough of these bricks around and a few more innovations. You know, this this is the this is the, the embassy as it is as a Raspberry Pi is the beginning seed. You know, we need much bigger, fatter servers. Okay, but this has to start somewhere, and as as Bitcoin propagates across the planet, it's really going to help the whole sovereign element. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm super lucky I have Aiden like dumb having the time to both build this shit and also like dumb it down for me. Yeah. Well, it's not so much dumbing it down, it's just making it convenient. You know, it's much easier to scan uh, a QR code and connect a wallet to your own personal node than it is to do it the other way before you could do it that way with Start9. You know, um, it, it, it took the, it took getting an embassy to make me really understand how the bits go together. So uh, just as an educational device to, to understand the, the Bitcoin ecosystem, these things are essential, apart from the fact that there's a whole nother side to them, the whole self-sovereignty side, you know, running behind Tor or running behind IP2, maybe in the future you know, faster hidden service systems. Um, 
yeah, we're we're so at the beginning, just like with Bitcoin, we're so at the beginning, we're so early, and it's it's a great thing, uh, and it, it's, uh, I mean, it, it's the it's the prime focus of my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I did find to disagree with that. Bitcoin, it's uh, it's quite a remarkable thing. And well, it's also brought a lot of people together that were looking for people, like this little group now, and and all the groups we all know about. Um, you know, Bitcoin's responsible for this somehow, and Bitcoin doesn't care. That's what I love about Bitcoin. It's apolitical. It 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 doesn't care. It, it, it's so similar to zero. Um, tell me, what's that thing Robert Reed Love did? Um, Bitcoin and zero, wasn't it? That's that's yeah, a fantastic yeah. article on media. It's yeah. a longy. But I really think, Marion, it, it would it would just address a lot of areas for you, make you make it, you know, just give you a, a deeper understanding of um, what you feel you don't understand about Bitcoin. There's no way you're dumb, you know. So um, it's just a question of uh, experiencing a little more knowledge. Mm -hmm. Are you guys going to the Miami Bitcoin conference? What is it? Big, big block boom. Which one is it? Yeah. Bit block boom. Yeah. I don't know I'm yeah. I don't think I'll be able to make it out. I'm in Canada. We still have scarce vaccines and forbidden travel. Unless you're really vaccinated. I think it's, I think it's going to be really hard to get out. I mean, it's, it's mm -hmm. feasible, but I'm not sure that it's, I'm not sure that if I'm going to get a chance to travel and do one thing, going to a Bitcoin conference is the thing. Because I, I, like yeah. I said, we, you know, we, I can connect with Bitcoiners all day long, like yeah. we're doing right now. I've got this whole thing recently. The Bitcoin space since Christmas has really changed. And like um, the kinds of conferences you might have turned up at in 2018 and what have you, I, I just think the whole shape of, of uh, this space is changing. And, uh, yeah, I feel like I don't really, there's, you know, I'm not rich enough to go to the conferences. You know, um, I, I don't feel like I could contribute anything to a conference. It's just a load of Bitcoiners getting together like we can now. You know, um, maybe I'm wrong. But it yeah, might be it, awesome. It, like, it, I'm not saying it wouldn't be awesome to hang out and drink with Bitcoiners and have fun and, and scream and shout. I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. it would be fun. I'm I just don't drink. I'm not a big right. fan of fun. You know. Um, oh yeah. Those are going around things. having fun. Oh gosh, let's go and have fun. You know. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. Too much fun has been had. That's why Bitcoin was invented. You know. No, I'm only playing. You know. I don't know. Uh, it's, we're having fun right here, right now. Yeah. 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 Uh, bit Bit Block Boom is actually in Texas. Yeah. That's, that's, that's August. Yeah, it's in Dallas, Texas, and uh, the Miami thing I think is in June or July. But uh, uh, I, I might find yeah, a, tech, I, a Texan Bitcoin um, conference might be more interesting because there's a lot happening in Austin, and uh, it, it could be a completely different thing to a Miami thing. Um, that interests me more, even though I, I I'd be shocked if I end up there. I'm not saying I wouldn't. I just doubt it. What do you think are current limitations of sovereign technology? Say again. What do you think are current limitations of sovereign technologies? 
people people knowing about it and uh you you, you know people you, the yeah. network effect the yeah, network absolutely. effects are still small right bitcoin's the biggest of these sovereign technologies and it's and already worth a trillion dollars and it's still small but uh you look at mastodon for example which is one of the applications that they package onto the embassy os and it requires other really embassy os users of it to create the network effect because yeah and i have done a thing with mastodon on there you know i've got a hidden service version of it mm -hmm. now and i i'm not a big social media fan anyway um just awareness of sovereign tech and oh. that there is an alternative is a big barrier at the moment the, yeah. the, the fact that there's a need for it yeah so to bring this conversation full circle again sovereign tech today is where personal computing was back when jobs and wozniak were assembling the first personal computer ever in their garage like nobody really knew about it nobody believed in its potential it had yet to have Except a killer the 32 app. people that ordered it you know exactly. yeah I mean, so it's I, such when i saw days. those stories i was like how the fuck did they even know what they were talking about to, mm -hmm. to want one you know mm -hmm. it's just hobbyists you know so i think i think we go from and you can see this in the history of bitcoin it started off as these kind of this kind of interesting science experiment for hobbyist libertarian crypt cypherpunks and now there's only two, three companies in the whole wide world that are worth more than Bitcoin. <laughs> well, 12 short years later. And it's, uh, so I, I really hope that this self-sovereignism uh, technology gets to experience the same or an even faster rate of acceptance and adoption. Because every time you, every time somebody else joins it in a sense and, and creates one of these net, joins one of these networked applications, the value of the self-sovereignism movement increases according to Metcalf's law, uh, grows with the value of Metcalf's law. And that's a really powerful idea. Not all of these things need large audiences. Like just the fact that you can run your own file server on uh, your embassy OS is is good enough that you, you no longer have to rely on Google to be your file server. But it's going to just continue to get bigger and better. We'll, we'll but here's the thing. Enough. Did yeah. uh, Metcalf's law take into consideration hidden services? You know, <laughs> that puts right. a big damper on Metcalf's law. I mean, no, it, it it works. Every time you have one more on the mm -hmm. network, yeah. It's Metcalf's voluntary connections. Metcalf's law with voluntary connections as opposed to forced connections. And I, like, I do think this is where some, there's been some, uh, you know, it's the difference between like Bitcoin's not a virus. Bitcoin's something you accept. It, once you accept it, it grows with the exponential rate of a virus. But it's all purely voluntary, and that's kind of, that's kind of the beautiful thing about it. It's like you accept Bitcoin, you can and you can reject Bitcoin at any moment if you feel it's not for you. But it's this total voluntary Metcalf's law, and that's the topic of my first essay that I published in my series, like why choose Bitcoin. And you can choose yeah. it, and you can and you can reject it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I enjoy its consent first design. Yeah. Right. The 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 if there's any limitation, uh, this was kind of Tomer said this earlier. It's the ISP. Yeah, it's, it's how that, you're that connecting. One of the biggest problems on the planet is uh, internet service providers, man. Uh, you know, uh, mesh networks and other ideas. Are, are taking this on but it's the biggest problem 
with the internet are the providers. So the the the, the cool thing is now, uh, when many corporations are getting into Bitcoin, these are powerful entities that are using these networks, and so they kind of have the muscle to say, well, you know what? If the nodes don't run, our whole product doesn't work. Yeah. So that's the game theory again. Yeah. And, and that's why, you know, there are people working on this locker mesh thing, uh, uh, the, the Bitcoin transaction that was made with ham radio, uh, the, the, is it block main doing the satellite thing? I, I'm sure Elon yeah. is trying to do something with the satellite thing. Yeah. There's different ones, but yeah, Blockstream has a satellite, single satellite. But the reality is, is as this, uh, what's in the SpaceX's uh, cyber satellite ISP network, something link, right? Uh, Starlink. As Starlink rolls Starlink. out, it just makes it makes ISP, it, it becomes kind of an unstoppable ISP because you have to go into fucking space to just knock out a single node. I guess with, with lasers, it could be taken out, but it's again, this really powerful distribution of the internet everywhere through uh, non-terrestrial uh, technology. And, uh, and Bitcoin just right, Bitcoin surfs along the top of it. If we're going back to Bitcoin, I don't even remember what we're talking about anymore. Yeah. And now we're going to sovereign robots. Great. Doesn't that every one of those Starlink? Every one of those Starlink satellites is a robot, isn't it? Yeah. the The definition of a robot really is white widespread. Part of the reason why it's not very a not not a very unified space is because of the lack of consensus on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. You can just any autonomous machine is vehicle a agent. Yeah. Yeah. I I am super glad that the embassy was so easy. I basically mm -hmm. was just like, I just turned it on, and then yeah, put something in, and that's the beauty of it. And I was it's like, whoa! I guess I'm I'm in I'm a I'm in the Bitcoin crypto space now <laughs> you step it's like you step through you know how uh you ever watch rick and morty and how, how like yeah he's got a portal gun right you that's what the embassy OS, or that's what running bitcoin is like is like it's just this portal gun and you step into the portal and you're in cyberspace and you're stepped out of the realm of meat space where the government enforces and makes up the rules and it changes them as they go along. You just step into this physical reality world, which is a harsh world. Like it's not necessarily an easy world. Um, it's a new frontier, which is the subject of the article that Keith wants me to publish right away. And uh, and so it's hard work and it's dangerous work, but it's um, it's outside the realm that we're currently all uh, ruled by. Yeah, I. Whenever a bunch of people comment on how amazing Aiden is as a coder, I did. I didn't really understand what that meant because that's not one of the things that we talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just like a weird thing to talk about. <laughs> but then when I tried to, you know, look into like different open source Bitcoin tech stuff, I was like, I don't understand any of this. <laughs> And I'm not, you know, I'm not stupid. 
I mean, no one so I it, it's interesting how complex those problems are yeah, no that he was solving. Right. And then that's when I kind of understood like, oh yeah, this is <laughs> mm-hmm. this is complex yeah. thought that you have to organize. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why so many of us have this admiration for the creator of Bitcoin, this mysterious Satoshi Nakamoto character. Like, how do you invent something so profoundly awesome? Uh, it just seems so superhuman in its in its achievement in every step of everything that he put into it. Uh, it's in he, but none of us know. But we just assume it's a he. And uh, every every technical insight, the way that he grabbed from the human body of knowledge, this thing, that thing, from here there, put it together, recognized that his anonymity was essential to it. So launched it into the world under a pseudonym that he then discarded and disappeared with so that the thing was completely anonymous or completely decentralized like that there's no person behind it that anyone can go to it's just you know it's just brilliant uh achievement that uh that i certainly have a tremendous amount of reverence for just respect for i don't even know i don't even know the word for it now it's too amazing for words um when you get into bitcoin I mean, I'm going through a weird phase at the moment where I'm not thinking about it so much. I'm actually shocked at how much I'm not into it at the moment. But I, I was just overwhelmed by it. You, you can't sleep at night because you're thinking about different aspects of it. And, and, and most of the stuff you, you learn, it feeds back to yourself and it makes you a better person. It makes you, um, it makes you make yourself a better person. It makes you, uh, it hacks you. That Max Kaiser would say Bitcoin just, you know, as soon as you, uh, Bitcoin hacks your brain. And uh, I used to think it was crazy saying stuff like that, but it makes a lot of sense because, you know, when, when you see Adam Back tweeting, can't sleep, can't stop thinking about Bitcoin, it, mm-hmm. it's just insane. But it's, it, it happens to everyone. You'll know you're a Bitcoin, Marion, when you can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> and it's not a yeah, bad thing. Really the nice. ethos of... The ethos of a cypherpunk is that cypherpunks code. And you can see all the wrongs in the world, but instead of demonstrating, um, complaining to somebody, you just create code that's fair. I definitely felt, I fell into Bitcoin Twitter and I was like, wow, what a cesspool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry that it felt that way to you. That's part of the reason why I was like, wow, maybe Ethereum, because all of these NFT people are super cool and not at all, like, threatening. Well, you know what? It's interesting. It's like, you got to imagine, I got to publish this article that I wrote, Keith, because you're absolutely, it's the new frontier. It's the Wild West. And you got to imagine if you roll the clock back 250 years on America, you find yourself on the West Coast. Where there's no, you know, a sheriff just means some guy who has a piece of brass in the shape of a star. There's no law and order to support them. There's no state to back any of this stuff up. Uh, and so people have to defend their own, their own land. They have to defend their own ground. They have to defend their own bodies. That's how Bitcoiners kind of feel because this thing is so brand new. And, but uh, being able to take responsibility for yourself because... Yeah you've got your own money you can do that it's fuck you money and that's a good yeah. thing it's not fucking and it's everybody not else for, money it's just fuck but you that's money. why yeah it's not it's certainly not for everybody like the people who came over to america 
in the early days, they were they had to be ready for the rugged lifestyle and the hard work of it. So Bitcoin's not it's not as easy as you plug in an embassy OS and everything is easy. Like and you see it when you go onto Twitter. It's rough and tumble. And it's a fight for it's a fight for the new frontier. Uh, and it's not for everybody yet. You know, it's, I think it's, it's gonna it's be like a, fr- a frontier that's already there, that that's already being conceived. Um yeah. that, uh what what's it called? The con- in the constitution that, that there were a couple of things that they didn't really know how to work because they couldn't have envisaged tech or what mm-hmm. things could possibly be like now. So really it it's just the constitution rewritten and it's voluntary. And and it, it, it's global this time. It's so cool. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Hey, I'm sorry and I'm I'm sorry, Marion, that you probably experienced this as a cesspool when you first stepped into it and then and then but this is a really insightful thing because you know keith and i will talk at length about why how the hell can people find themselves on ethereum it's so phony and i think that's what you described it's cool and it's and you know it's safe right like there's nothing there's nothing revolutionary happening there it's it's just the old world by a different name it's pretend it's it's live action role playing is the larping acronym says they're not really going to you know, they're not really part of a revolution. They're not really part of a new frontier. They're not really transferring art on the blockchain. They're not. They're not really doing anything. Uh, I can give you a. a uh, I can give you a great example of Ethereum. Uh, like I was telling Tomer, I just got rid of my cell tokens, and because uh, I had three hundred dollars worth from my Celsius account, and I'm like, I don't need this anymore. This is dumb. It cost me about $130 to get them back into Ethereum, and then I converted them into Bitcoin. <laughs> so for me, it, I paid one-third in fiat to, to get that value back. However, it was worth it to me because I know Bitcoin, quote-unquote, $300 worth of Bitcoin will be $600 by the end of the year or $900 by the end of the year. I'm, I'm confident. But that Ethereum is um, it's they have to be nice because it's it's a shit. It's just shit. (laughs) It's so funny. But that's what I understood from it. Aiden really helped break down the the problems of Ethereum for Mm -hmm. me, which is why I can't really back NFTs. I mean, uh, Ethereum is just a VC narrative. It's a Silicon Valley narrative. And um, you know, it's their way of having the new hot thing and it's their, you know, it's their call to action. And uh, so at the moment it's NFTs, it used to be crypto kitties and it all, all sits on Amazon web services. It's not decentralized. It isn't any way they're going to a, a more hokier thing that's proof of stake. So really they're just breaking all the sacred rules Bitcoin, yeah, Ethereum's tech, and that's about all there is to it. It's not crypto, I mean, it's cryptographic, but it's not Bitcoin. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it, it, well, it's the, toy the town. Strength that, the strength in that, though, is that it's a smooth disruption in that space. The, the problem is it's not an actual disruption. 
it's a smooth it, it's like it's um yeah they, how would i describe it that's an interesting it, yeah that doesn't really it, what it is is it's a lure it's a bait to say yeah. hey you're entering the disruptive realm when you're not it's a trap yeah. Um, yeah. and this is this is when i talk about uh bitcoin being like this entrance into a new frontier it it really is and a deep but there would be someone who would sell you a boat a, t a ticket on a boat to america and actually send you to be a slave somewhere else that's ethereum um, it's just because it's you're, you're a slave of the handful of people who actually run ethereum and decide what its monetary policy is going to be from time to time and hard fork it without letting anybody know from time to time and all the people who've now become slaves of it because they own a lot they think they own a lot of it but they don't own it it owns them are um are entrapped in a in a different kind of slavery and i i feel this is why i say to you keith sometimes like i feel bad for these people and i feel bad for the whole regime i know that they've, they've made a bad choice and now they don't know how to get yeah out uh, of it. They're, they're entrapped in regret theory i mean people often do this in in any situation especially when it's connected with money you know they're double down on something because they you know they invested something with feeling and it cost them money and uh you, you know they'll make a mistake and it will make them make mistakes about more rational things in the future because they're suffering from regret theory or they'll double down and stay in the same cesspool have you seen has anybody seen the movie malcolm x with denzel washington that's uh Actually, way back no. I, I thought a long time ago I bet, a hard time I he would well there's a it. there yeah that this is a I've read the book by um, Alexander Haley, and mm -hmm. uh, and I've seen the movie, and and they're they're spot on together. Um, there's a scene where Elijah Muhammad speaks with uh, Malcolm X, and he has clean water, and he says, um, talking about uh, truth or what things are, and, and then he pours ink into it, and he mm -hmm. says, you know, would you drink this? I'm, I'm totally paraphrasing, but basically sure. some people will drink that thinking it's water, but it's not. Right. And uh, that's that's what quote unquote cryptocurrencies are. That's what all this stuff is. But Bitcoin is a discovery. It's not some or yeah, it's a discovery. It's not just an invention, but it's a discovery. That's quite it beautiful. So, Alex. It was so lucky that it, it came together and worked. It, it, there were so many things that could have gone wrong. You know, so mm -hmm. it, it, it's uh, it's wondrous that it, right. it's strong and it works now. And Bitcoin is sound crazy and religious and like a cult, the way they talk about it. But like, mm -hmm. I never thought I'd see anything like this ever emerge on the planet. And mm -hmm. I'm happy to talk about it and tell people about <laughs> it and waste my time yeah. and watch them glaze over and just hope I can get it across <laughs> to them you know yeah it's like pi pi is a constant and that's what bitcoin is it's a constant it it's only like works because the conditions are right yeah yeah it's so it, it's a wondrous thing so you, you know it goes from tech to money to Ooh. philosophy to game theory to a weapon of peace I mean oh no wonder we talk about it so much <laughs> it is amazing just listening to us here talking about it and it was crazy. This is recorded, by the way. Oh, really? my God. 
Oh, oh, thankfully. Oh, right. I'm sending people around there, Alex. <laughs> yeah. I'm I, I didn't I'm, know that, and I'm delighted to hear it, because uh, I think we've said some really interesting things here. Yeah, can we use we can it for our podcast this week? <laughs> well, everybody <laughs> put your pants on. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I have to say, I'm not a representative of Star all. <laughs> <laughs> and this is not financial advice. Fuck all that bullshit. You're we're it's everyone totally is financial human being advice. in the in the wild frontier, right? And uh, you don't in the wild frontier. There's no government who's going to come and arrest you for having said something and without disclosing or wavering <laughs> what it is that you said and did. That's the raw reality of Bitcoin, and I love it. I yeah, love being this free. Is financial advice, and it's good advice. <laughs> Simply win. Be honest. How, guess what? You can do it with Bitcoin. It's insane. That is. How rubbish. dare you tell people to save? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and, and it's, what's even funnier is people don't get it. They get like, "What do you mean save? Stupid!" You know, only grown-ups do that, or rich mm. people do that. You know, it's insane, isn't it? Mm. So, yeah, well, so listen, I've got a date with the U UTXOs. Toma would explain, but I've, I've got to shoot off. It's been really great chatting with you lot. Yeah. And cool. Yeah, absolutely. We can, I guess if y'all want, uh, we could wind it up in about yeah. five minutes. Or but, uh, uh, I guess so we don't to run to, but I, I really enjoyed this conversation. It was a pleasure meeting the two of you who I'd never met before. Really nice talking to you guys. Great questions, Marion. Like, wow, you really got us going. So I, I don't know if you enjoyed the answers as much as we enjoyed giving them, but thank you. Yeah, it was yeah, fun. Nice yeah, nice Marion. Nice. Does anybody voice. object to this recording? I should have disclosed on the front no, no I, have, so. I have no objections under any circumstances you put you it out mean? into the universe yep i i don't either <laughs> okay great so, well, look, well i really appreciate this party, but didn't mean to break up the party but um we've all got we all got stuff to do it was great great idea just even having the call a splendid we should do it again sometime mm -hmm. well maybe Thank we you. can do this again next sunday sure that sounds cool. This, right. this time works right. for me on Sundays. Goodbye, everybody. Likewise. Thank you, Miriam. Thank you, Julian. Thank you, Tomer. And yep. uh, have a good day cool. or night. Bye-bye. <laughs> night, night. All right. All right, Granny. Bye. Rival Dumb.